Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Welcome back to the Crescent Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne, and today is such a special, special conversation with a human who has had an immense impact worldwide, but an immense impact in my own personal life. This is Dr. Lee Aaron Keneally. For those who don't know, we get in a little bit more to my story of being a breast cancer patient at the Cancer Center for Healing here in Orange County, California with Dr. Keneally as my main practitioner. And we go a little bit through my story, some of the key points that we both felt were worth highlighting, but then we spend a lot of time talking about just how important the emotional side to someone's cancer journey is, not just getting support through the thick of a cancer treatment to help us through that present day trauma, that stress, that dysregulation, but also how unresolved trauma and repressed emotions might even be an underlying contributing factor to the cancer in the first place. I'm so excited about this. I have been wanting to have Dr. Keneally on for three years since I was a patient there in 2020. And she is such a busy gal. And of course, you know, I was in the thick of treatments, so I wasn't going to reach out in the middle of my own treatments. But I'm so ecstatic to have her on now. And what I'm so excited about is I listen to so much of the interviews, so many of the interviews that she does. I follow her page. And a lot of the content around cancer is very focused on cancer diets, cancer tests, cancer treatments, and that information is so important and so needed. However, I think the conversation around the emotional component to cancer in terms of a root cause, how that emotional turbulence might have contributed to that cancer, to the dis-ease within our body, I don't think is something that's talked about very often. And I do think for any of you who are a big fan of Dr. Keneally's, you follow her, you listen to her content, this is going to be an interview you have never heard her do before. I think oftentimes guests or, or shows want to hear similar things from her because she is such a wealth of knowledge on cancer tests and on cancer treatments. But I am so excited because I really do think this is a conversation with Dr. Keneally that no one has heard before. And so I'm really ecstatic to be able to share her lens on my story as a breast cancer patient at 25, but also the emotional component as well. And I just have to say one more huge thank you to Dr. Keneally and her whole team at the Cancer Center. One, for the amazing care I received while I was there, but two, because I was just on her show, Cancer Conversations, this last Tuesday as her guest, which was really fun to also get to share my story a bit there and chat. But both of these conversations are very different. So if you did join that live call, this is going to be a very different, I think much more in-depth conversation just because time allowed for us to go a little bit deeper today. 
Thank you all for being here. Please, if you find this episode supportive, expansive, educational, consider sharing with a friend, a family member, a loved one, someone who could really benefit from this information. The last thing I'll say is check the show notes for this episode because there are going to be a lot of resources. I have recorded a couple previous podcast episodes on my cancer journey, some of the really specific tests and treatments I was doing at the Cancer Center. I've also since recorded some other episodes with some amazing guests talking about cancer from a few different lenses. So definitely, definitely check the show notes. There's a lot more resources and information there for any who want to dive even deeper into my story and continue collecting additional resources and information around the cancer conversation. So with that, please enjoy this interview with Dr. Lee Aaron Keneally. Well, Dr. Keneally, welcome to the Acrescent Podcast. This has been a long time in coming because as you know, our journey, our connection together goes back to 2020 when we first met. But thank you so much for coming on. I have just been so, so eager to be able to have you on and share my journey and get your perspective. So thank you for being here. Yeah, well, it's been wonderful. With the What I thought was so fascinating is you're a young person and we think young people don't have anything wrong. And so we take that for granted in our society. And so I thought it was so wonderful to explore what, where, when, and how this all came about for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's what, you know, I always say, tell people, things just don't happen. There is a lot that took place before something happens. Yes. It wasn't just one day nothing was there. All of a sudden, the next day, something is there. Right. Absolutely. So like I prefaced even before we got on air, I'm going to share a little bit of my story. And as we're going through it, we're going to touch in on specific points and really get your perspective on it. But to take us all back to the beginning, and especially for those who don't know, because I imagine there'll be many who are new to my story. It was fall of 2019 when I woke up in the middle of the night with blinding pain in my right breast, which was that in and of itself was so bizarre to wake up. Something is so painful. It's waking you up in the middle of the night in deep sleep. And I think within a few weeks, I had gone to see my general practitioner and she basically did a 30 second palpation. And she was like, you know what? It's probably your gallbladder. You're fine. You're young. Go on. Have a nice life. See you later. (laughs) And I can't tell you what it was, but something inside me, my intuition was like, you need to get this checked out. Which that in and of itself was really unique because I'm when it comes to health, I'm more like, oh, do I really need to get in? I tend to push things off. Something in me was like, this is urgent. Don't let this slide. Don't let this go for a few months or weeks or years. And at the same time, something inside of me was saying, don't get a mammogram. Go get an ultrasound. And mind you, I don't know anything about breast cancer. And so. Yeah. So why don't you tell the listeners how old you were at the time? I was 25. 25. I was 25. Nothing, knew nothing about breast cancer other than just the most basic, basic things. And again, by chance, my intuition was like, go get an ultrasound. I found an amazing person in L.A. called Sonocene that was this really unique type of ultrasound. Yes. And we managed to find a two millimeter lump, which at the time she had said this would not have shown up on a mammogram, which I think is really fascinating. And I'd love to touch on a little bit as well. 
the difference between MAMO and ultrasound. And right. in my case, particularly because I had really dense breast tissue and it was such a small lump, that ultrasound, I don't think it would have shown up on a mammogram. What do you think? Yeah, so that's a good, good point. Mammogram is the standard of care mm -hmm. um, for a long, long time. Mammograms are 343 millirads of radiation compared to a chest x-ray, which is just one. And so mammograms will miss about 50% of pathology. So I always tell patients, we won't just rely on a mammogram. So here we use mammogram, ultrasound, and thermography, and mm -hmm. they give you all three different things. And more importantly, there is no imaging for young people. Mm. Unless you feel something, that's the only reason. Otherwise, you don't really start getting mammograms until you're about 40, give right. or take. So there's no real good imaging. And I say, well, now, today's world, we got to be checking people in their 20s now mm -hmm. and do some, you know, I prefer to do ultrasound and thermography because mammograms, because it has radiation, it can be a useful clinical tool but we don't want to over mammogram our young people. Yes. And yes. so, um, so you know, it's it's interesting because I had a patient today who came to see us, and she had her child about five years ago, and she felt some tenderness in her breast. So they had recommended her to get a mammogram. She gets a mammogram, and they go, "Oh, you have a three point three." area of calcification. Well, she came here. So she came here to get a good workup of like what's going on with her whole body. So we did a whole workup. We did a liquid biopsy. It showed nothing. We did bioenergetic testing and she needed to do some action items there, cleansing and so forth. And um, so then her, her gut was, no, I should not get this biopsy. Her intuition, which we now know is intuition, is a scientific process. It's a knowing. It's a knowing process, yeah. exactly. And people always go, oh, you, you don't think that that's just hogwash. Well, no, always pay attention to what your intuition or what they call the gut is mm -hmm. telling you. So anyway, she comes in today because she decided to get it re-mammogrammed, but we had ordered an ultrasound. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Her mammogram showed nothing was abnormal. Yeah. And she had a few cysts on the ultrasound, but the good news is the doctor said, no, you don't need a biopsy. Mm -hmm. So here we are, she was so scared two years ago, and they told her you need a biopsy, and all of a sudden now it's opposite information. So I think that's why medicine has to be way more, way more complex than just relying on mammography or any one imaging. We have to do a comprehensive assessment using these tools of mammogram, ultrasound, and thermography. Believe it or not, thermography started in 1956. Mm -hmm. So it's been around for- It's not a, new. <laughs> it's not new, exactly. So, um, so I, I think this whole breast imaging, because cancer, breast cancer is number one, and it doesn't matter now how old you are for cancer at all. And one in two people are getting cancer. And what I've seen in the last probably three years, an exponential increase in cancers in general. Mm. So I always make sure when I see a patient, look, let's just make sure it's nothing, everything. That, right. Because like you said, you had this 
like unbelievable sharp pain which is really like how could this even happen yeah like like your body was talking big yeah big 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 so anyway um i just think you have to really partner with the doctor who's going to really go down every rabbit hole to make sure because like your first doctor what i find is patients go to their doctor and they go oh you're too young you don't have yes. anything oh no it can't be that no 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 you know they don't work up the patient yeah. But we need to verify there's nothing wrong. And in our world of integrative functional medicine, we have our ways. And those ways are growing by the day, by the way. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like, yeah. like so much oh new gosh. testing. It's the, the modalities you have here versus even just three years ago exactly. when I was here, you've expanded so much even just in that short time. Yes. And it's like, it, I mean, every day I'm like, oh, my God, I, I was listening to a lecture. I was listening for two minutes. I'm like, oh, my God, another new thing I need. So it is. <laughs> But it's fine tuning, like to the atomic, yeah. you know, the bio individuality, uh, exactly. Of it. Yeah. So anyway, so I want you to continue with your story because it's so fascinating. Yeah. So go on and. Well, and there's a couple points I want to make to the testing and treatment, and really highlight a couple of things there. So of course, I come in, I have a consult with you. No, but before that, why don't you go in before that? Because you had a feeling when the first place you went, you said, you know. I just don't feel comfortable with this. So that was the surgeon. Yes. That was the first surgeon. Yeah. That was after, actually after I had met you, I went to this surgeon. So we had done our initial consult. Right. Right away I jumped in with testing, starting with modalities, the 21-day cleanse, RGCC. Blood liquid doing, biopsy. Yeah, doing just about every, I think, treatment you had here at the right. time. SCP, F-scan and Firefly, right. vitamin C, all the things. And then we had said, yes let's do go get a biopsy went to an initial surgeon in la did the biopsy the original biopsy came with they didn't find any cancer cells but this is i'd love to touch on this for a second yes. because even with no cancer cells found both the surgeon and you agreed we still need to get this out and there's two things i want to touch on here because i think for you that decision came from i had done thermography i had done ultrasound sep liquid biopsy and bioenergetic I had, testing. I had every single red flag. Right. And this is so key because, again, maybe another doctor might have said, the biopsy is clear. You're good to go. That happened to see you, one of you my know, patients. See you in five years or something. But because of all the intense testing we had done, you were able to go, something's brewing. Let's not wait. Mm -hmm. And I just think that is so, so key. Long story short, I yes, I ended up having not a great feeling with this surgeon. I actually had gotten to the point where I was in his office about to go into surgery to have this lump removed. They were about to put me under anesthesia. And then my COVID test came back. <laughs> and that. and they basically like wrapped me up and kicked me out of there. They were like, you gotta go right now, girl. And mind you, this was almost a full year after finding it because again, 2020, it's the thick of COVID. I, it took about a couple months even just right. to get an MRI. So it had been delayed so long. And that for me was kind of the last straw. I was like, I'm not meshing with this guy. It's not fitting. It doesn't feel good. Ended up finding a surgeon here in Orange County through UCI who I loved. And we did end up removing the lump. Right. right. And we did do a lot of treatment you know, also in anticipation of the surgery. Yes, also preparing for preparing it. Preparing for it. Mm -hmm. And so one of the most important things that I 
always assess and address with each patient, and it doesn't matter if they have a diagnosis of cancer or not, but is the emotional, mental, spiritual, I kind of kind of put that all together. Mm-hmm. And I always ask the patients, okay, so like, let's talk about the last 10 years. And I say 10 because from one cancer cell to tumor formation is about 10 years by the time you see it in, in conventional workup. And so when, when you realize, when you had to ask yourself that question, I think you started really pondering, like, what did go on in my life? What happened to me? Mm-hmm. And, and you did now a real extreme self-examination of that, and I had recommended you to do Evox. Mm-hmm. And so when you do one Evox, you kind of go, oh, whoa, who am I? (laughs) I am learning some new things here about myself. Mm -hmm. And this happened today with this patient. Mm. She's 37 years old. And I could tell her sitting there with her husband, and she has this darling five-year-old. And all this whole thing about her mammogram, you need a biopsy, now you don't need, I mean, it just, you know, and she's been worried for now a year and a half. And so... I told her, so I could tell she is more of a nervous person. Mm. And so then I asked her, so tell me what kind of stress you've had. And then she went into and started crying about the delivery of her five-year-old. Oh, wow. And she started crying, and she was describing in vivid detail what happened, and she was pushing, and it wouldn't. the baby wouldn't come, and then... You know, they had to do a C-section. She said, I went through all the... I mean, she wanted to run out of the hospital. I mean, like all these things. So she has all this trauma still from that. Mm -hmm. And so I told her, I said, look, you know, one thing the experiments have proven, that they took DNA and they put it in a container and that DNA conformed to the container. Then they took that DNA out and took it out of that container. It contained the same conformity of the container. Mm-hmm. So it's you still have it. That's why you and I are intertwined. We're intra and interconnected mm-hmm. because, one, we've already had three, four years of togetherness in one way or another in many different ways. And so your energy and countenance travels with me okay Mm -hmm. that's why the bottom line to everything someone asked me years ago how would you describe your practice and we were I was doing a hike with another doctor he was a doctor but not integrative and he Mm -hmm. said so how would you describe your medical practice and we were in the Grand Canyon and I said that love is the medicine for everything Mm -hmm. and if we could just focus on that 24 7 look how different the world would be and these experiments that i was just telling you so they exposed that dna to peace love joy hate and it's a very very distinct response mm-hmm. so measurable a measurable, measurable response, response. Yeah. yes and this is scientific fact now mm-hmm. and remind me i want to make sure you get this information i love it And so it's so important, not only with the patients, but with ourselves. 
how are we talking to ourselves? And patients, patients, she goes, Dr. I remember what you told me the first time. Your cells are listening to your thoughts mm -hmm. every day, every moment. Mm -hmm. And so she'll, she's never forgotten that. And so it's true. And we all are living, what do they say, 85, 90% in our subconscious mm -hmm. behavior. So we have these recordings from in utero, in utero, because yeah. we're hearing in utero, to wherever age you are now, we have these recordings. You know, we're not good enough, we're not this, whatever the recordings are. I mean, I'm sure there's people that have had some beautiful life experiences, but no one has a perfect journey. No mm -hmm. one. Okay, there's curveballs. I call them curveballs and detours all the time. Mm -hmm. And we all have to learn how to handle whatever's dealt with us. And yes, I don't expect anybody to be a robot. In fact, that would not be healthy. Right. <laughs> but we need to say, okay, this is happening. And yes, I can have my victim moment. But then what is the message of this particular thing? Because look, my mess has become my message. Mm -hmm. I mean, if what happened to me when my mother took a medicine, I wouldn't have this passionate driving force to transform the future of healthcare and humanity. Same with you. Mm -hmm. If you wouldn't have had this, look what your mission is now. You want to help people. You want to educate. You want to open. You want to illuminate everything so they can see and be the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'm going to get into, because I don't even know if you know, the the ripple effect. Obviously, you know, I did Evox here. It was so impactful. It was so life-changing that I got certified, I purchased the technology mm -hmm. now for two years, I've had my own Evox practice here and it has been amazing. I've even been so lucky and blessed to come back to the Cancer Center, cover some of your Evox patients here right. when you need it. So full circle, but I am so, as to your point, make your mess your message. I am so passionate about educating and sharing on this emotional piece because there is truly, endless information on these kind of testing, this cancer testing, these cancer treatments, this cancer diet. Right. There's so much and it's wonderful and it is needed and that can be so helpful. But I'd say for every thousand pieces of cancer content on the physiological side, there's probably one piece of content on the emotional component. And the ripple effect that it's had on my life, even since being with you, is, of course, starting my own practice. And it, it really changed the trajectory of my life and my career professionally. But it has had a ripple effect on every single area of my life since then. It opened the door. And what I found now doing this for two years mm -hmm. is we all have, like you said, different detours, different curveballs, different wounds that might mm -hmm. be causing turbulence inside of us. But I do think we all have two or three core, core wounds that are causing an immense amount of turbulence inside of us. And I like to say, even when I was here covering your Evox patients, I was telling them, what you're doing out there, we're asking the questions, what might be the physiological root causes right. to what I'm experiencing? And with Evox and the emotional work, I'm helping clients ask the question, what might be some emotional root causes to what I'm experiencing? And both questions are super, super important and That's valid. Right. And just as important. And just, just as, as, as important. As equally as important, you're right. And that's the piece that I wanna get to for me because I 1000% believe, and I'll explain it more as we go, 
that the biggest factor in not just my cancer, but poor health in, in that general. cancer, remember in the cancer and in the state of my health in general was emotional because what I did is, you know, I launched my own practice, but now that I had this Evox tool in my own hands, I was doing Evox on myself every single week and just continuing that process of healing and working through things. And it ultimately led me to uncovering really repressed trauma that I had had no memory of. I think because I was doing Evox on a regular basis for about a year, I started to create such a deep sense of safety and trust within myself that my subconscious was like, I think we're safe enough to bring this up. And ultimately what came up in the middle of 2022, in the middle of last year was repressed memories of having been sexually abused as a child. Mm. And- Which is, by the way, more common than not. It, one in three, right. one in three women, which just rocked me to my core. The point I really wanna make here though is when that came up, it was like full body resonance. And of course I had, you know, there were memories that were surfacing, but I knew, in, I knew instantly, this is it. Mm, this yeah. is Well, your it. body knows everything, right? This is what has been causing turbulence. This is the fire mm. that has been burning for 25, 26, 27 years now. Mm. And I really do believe was the biggest cause for all of the dis-ease and one of the questions that I, I, I started to look at cancer at a little bit is cancer is the mind, body, and spirit saying, I cannot continue anymore in this way. And whether it's, I cannot continue anymore to have these gut infections. I cannot continue anymore with these hormone imbalances. Okay. Likewise, I can't continue anymore in this emotional state. And I love that question. I think that's a great question to reflect on is whether it's cancer or we're just dealing with poor wellness, what might my body be saying i cannot continue in this way anymore and for me with that trauma what came up was my body mind and spirit saying i cannot continue anymore in this intense paralyzing fear mm -hmm. and this intense shame mm -hmm. and so that really was 2022 was the year of really working through this trauma every little aspect of it, the anger, the fear, the shame, the hurt, the disgust. But what is so profound in that is I've never felt better physically mm -hmm. <laughs> and I've never done less for my health, if that makes sense. It's almost like right. when we clear out the root causes, being living a vibrant life actually can be so easy. It doesn't have to be this daily grind. Now, of course, there's, there's like deep treatment phase and then there's more maintenance lifestyle shifts right. that we can shift right. into. But I think the point of that is when we have deep emotional turbulence going right. on in the background, day in and day out, day after day, week after week, year after year, it's draining our vitality, it's draining our energy, it's draining our resolve, and that makes everything so much harder. Mm -hmm. And then when we can clear out that root cause, like for me, I love to say, 2022 was the worst year of my life and the best year of my life. Mm -hmm. Because in clearing out that trauma, and it's not its not done, it's ongoing, but in starting to clear out the deep-seated roots of that, I also have never experienced more joy. I've never experienced more peace and more alignment. It truly has positively affected every single area of my life. And I just wanna like reiterate that again and again and again because you see so many cancer patients coming in here day after day. 
And I do think they're getting emotional support, maybe for the state they're in. Hey, I just got this heavy diagnosis. I need a little bit of extra help. But I just want to make sure people realize how important that emotional piece is, not just to scratch the surface. Get that shovel (laughs) and get down deep. Right. Well, look at and what I think the point you're trying to make is the point I try to make every day. Now, I wasn't like that at all in the beginning. Okay, no one talked about emotion and stress and everything 37 years ago when I started Mm -hmm. practicing. I mean, there was nothing, okay. And it wasn't until I was married and I started having marital problems. And then I, my, one of my staff members said, Dr. Kelly, I think you should go see somebody. And so that's, and that was over 20 years ago. And it was the most life-changing thing I ever did in my whole life was to discover why I was in in unrest. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was because by the time you go to school, go to college, go to medical school, work, all you're doing is you're just trying to be something, all right? And you don't have time to think about yourself. And then it wasn't until I what well, was actually 20 now that I'm thinking about it, about 28 years ago the emotional I call it emotional spiritual mental because it all is yeah. together I started doing my own self discovery and that's how I found Evox because you know you you like you you've studied one thing and then you study another thing and then you're and then and then your you, you know your horizon just opens up to this plethora of of possibilities mm-hmm. to help yourself, right? And it allows you to see your brand new self in a whole new way. And so every visit now with every patient, every single patient, that's what I spend probably 80% of the visit on, okay? Now, we have people that do it or you do it, you know, of course, the structured aspect of doing Evox, and I highly recommend anyone and everyone if you think you have nothing going on i promise that's impossible (laughs) (laughs) impossible okay i'm telling you there isn't anyone that doesn't have an unfavorable emotional conflict i mean there is just no one okay it's impossible okay um you that means you are a robot if you don't have anything and so but i would start with any medical problem with that yeah okay yes the blood test is important. The other, all the other things that you talked about earlier, all the different ways we utilize our tools here, absolutely. But the first and foremost thing is your emotional countenance, basically. Mm-hmm. And and uh, like you said it so beautifully. Like no, it's it is the well. That's what the experiment of the DNA showed. No, mm-hmm. that we're directly affected every single nanosecond with the thoughts that we have. Yep. And that's why we need to be in peace, love and joy. Those are those are the words that have the highest vibrational frequency. I don't know if you read the book Power versus Force. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Then you have to read that book. <laughs> so you need to get that book. Okay. It is amazing. Power versus Force and this doctor, he's a medical doctor. He quantified the energy of books and words and the and the 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 most powerful words are peace love and joy Mm. they have the highest vibrational frequency and so but this this will be just another like 
you know, it's like we're saying the same thing, but in a different yes, way. Yes, totally. You know? Yeah. But it just, like, when I read recently about the, it's the reality of man, which is the, the paper I want you to read, because this is all 2022 science. Mm-hmm that they have figured out. Yeah, this isn't out. from 1970, which, by the way, there's great stuff from there, but yeah. this is recent. Recent. And so, and showing how, like, like whatever you say to me is going to directly affect me mm-hmm. as either a positive thing or a negative thing, energy in my system. Mm-hmm. So that's why if we just are, like I said, peaceful, loving, and joyful in and trying to, I mean, it's impossible sometimes, you know, we do get upset and angry with people, but it needs to be temporary and rebalanced as right. soon as you can. Right. Because you're going to be rebalancing the actual functionality and energy of your cells. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two things I'll add to that. What what I tell to all my clients is we're not trying to be Zen Buddha robots with no emotions. No, right. there's no joy in that. And you can't selectively numb emotions. If we try to numb anger and fear, we're going to numb joy too. So it's not about never experiencing dysregulation or dis-ease. Right. But when we do the deep healing, we're able to clear out some of the stuff from the past so that there's much less things in our present day life that are causing disease. And likewise, because we have that stability and that foundation of regulation and Correct. safety and trust, when something does come up, we get dysregulated, but we're able to process it and then return to calm and composure, return to peace, love, and joy with so much, much quicker and with much more safety. And the second thing I want to add to that, though, is because this is something I see very often, we don't want to emotionally bypass with those. Absolutely, let me sit in gratitude. If I'm feeling mm-hmm. down, let me remind myself of the good that's going on. Yes. But I call it soothing versus solving. All of the emotional, spiritual, mental health work, they really, for me, fall into two categories. There's things that help us soothe the turbulence, and then there's things that help us solve the turbulence. And changing our mindset to step into gratitude, to feel a little more peace, to step into joy, those can be very soothing and uplift our vibration, uplift our energy. But I think the point we're both making, it doesn't stop there. Right. Let's soothe, let's recenter ourselves, and then let's continue to ask the question, what caused the turbulence in the first place? Right. And let's make sure that we're chiseling away at that and we're solving that. So that because my my perspective on it is if we don't ask those questions and if we don't get to the emotional root cause of the dis-ease, right. we're just gonna need to soothe and soothe and soothe more and more and more and more. <laughs> And while it's amazing that now we have so many wonderful tools that can soothe without all these side effects, you know, there's meditation, there's EFT, there's breath work. Mm -hmm. Yes, those are soothing and those can ground us, you know, other than maybe like pharmaceuticals that can have a lot of side effects. But I don't want to be dependent on my meditation practice. I want to have a practice that helps me recenter and helps bring me clarity. But my hunch is that if we're not doing the solving piece at some point, now, now instead of five minutes a day, I need 30 minutes a day to meditate or else I'm a wreck. And if I miss my meditation for three days, I'm a wreck. And it's so we become so dependent on these things. So that, I think, is a really critical piece of the puzzle. Right. Soothe and solve. Yes, yes, because I tell patients every day, you have to set your mind. And you have to learn to set it yourself. 
mm-hmm. because we all are in the same boat. It's the battlefield of the mind all the time, every day. I mean, tomorrow's a new day. So whatever you're doing today, it needs to be practiced tomorrow. But before you even wake up and go to bed, but because I, I tell people your day starts when you go to sleep. So before you go to bed, now the studies are just showing, and I just saw this in the last week, that whatever you're thinking is your programming in your brain for sleep. So that's why you don't want to watch a lot of crazy stuff before bed, read crazy stuff, you know, all horror and strife and everything, but really say, oh, you know, I'm going to have the most beautiful sleep tonight. My body is going to heal and take care of me, and I'm going to be in a perfect state of homeostasis. Mm -hmm. And then when you wake up in the morning, you need to set your mind set your mind thank you dear god for perfect healing perfect harmony perfect homeostasis and then all the things that you want to plan happen today Mm -hmm. and so i do that and then i tell people during the day when i'm driving that's what i think about and when i'm doing something aimlessly i that's what i'm I'm programming myself yes because we can get out of the lane really fast you know how when you're driving we get out of the lane really fast right yeah so (laughs) so we need to be setting our mind because that's how our cells are going to act and respond Mm -hmm. and eventually it becomes you in the beginning you're like okay I gotta set my I gotta do this and I got just like if you were gonna play the piano but once you start once you learn how to play the piano you go oh yeah I know all the scales I don't I don't think about it or you drove over here you didn't go well let me put in my program and see what it is well no because you know how to you know how to drive here Mm -hmm. so you and you consciously subconsciously in that program you drove here okay so once you do things for probably like I don't know eight weeks it becomes you and you now know that and take ownership now do you need tune-ups yeah right I mean can we talk about this because I think it's now especially in the world that we function in it's so common knowledge that yeah, I'm coming in for my yearly checkups. I'm checking in with parasites and heavy metals and right. I'm checking my hormones. And it's so common knowledge to, yeah, I got my health to a good place, but I need to maintain that. And I don't think we're quite there yet with the emotional piece. I think it's very much like, okay, I had a couple sessions. I worked through a hard thing. Now I never need to think about this again. Right. It's not and like that. And I'm all about, can we start to, can I start to help individuals learn how to and foster a daily emotional practice, a an emotional, mental, spiritual lifestyle so that we don't have buildup. We're tuning in with these things on a regular basis. And I think most of us, we have some past stuff that we do need to clear out, some past heaviness, some past turbulence that we need to clear out, but it doesn't stop there, right? We clear out the past stuff, but then we also got to go, Okay, I also need to make sure present day stuff isn't building up. Right. And that's where fostering and finding and and experimenting with all these different amazing resources can help us find what are the emotional mental health support tools that resonate with me. And to the point you made earlier, it's free. It can be so easy. Of course, there's amazing resources like Evox Therapy, like what you're doing, like what I'm doing. But breathwork is free. Meditation is free. There are thousands of videos on YouTube that are completely Unbelievable. free. And so you can do it. So veggie frequencies. I mean, yes. it just goes on and on. To... You can do it while you're driving first right. thing in the morning. Yes. So I say that because no matter who you are, where you are, where you're listening to this, you can start to support your emotional well-being today. 
without a dollar in your pocket. That's right. And I think that is That's hopefully so empowering. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's so true, you know, because what I do sometimes, I might listen to a sermon, you know, and uh, it just depends. I have all different people. I might listen to Bruce Lipton mm -hmm. because these people are programming you to have the best day ever. Mm -hmm. And so I, and, you know, like, not everybody talks about how great everything is all the time because that is not reality, okay? Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about real life, day-to-day -day living, and it has to be, it has to be kind of your point of where you start and live and everything. I mean, honestly, this mm -hmm. is how you need to think about it because and I always tell people everything starts in the head and ends in the body mm -hmm. so if this isn't constantly addressed and like you said like because I'm always looking for new things all the time yeah and so uh, the immense amount and I would say now more than ever Leanne is the availability of meditation and music and global meditations I mean it can just go on and on mm -hmm. so so you're right and because like people not everybody can afford to go to do e-box or right. go see a, a really deep therapist um, but it starts with you being conscious of your existence just laying on the floor like I know every night I go in the sauna and then I stretch and then I lay on the floor and I do deep breathing and I just think how my heart is full of gratitude and I usually enumerate all the things that, and focus on all the beautiful things that are happening. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think we're not living like that because people live through all this stuff out there that doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. And when what, what really, if you really look, what matters is that your your health matters. Number one, number two, your family health matters, and then your community matters. And that the community hinges on how good you are. Mm -hmm. Well, and what we're attracting and what we're bringing in. And I know we're going to reel it in here in just a second. But a piece I, you know, just like you, I love to continue learning. So even over the last two years, I've done more education on, you know, courses on the neurobiology of trauma, on somatic experiencing and the somatic experience of trauma in the body. But one of the pieces and learning about the nervous system and how you know unresolved trauma and repressed emotions can really hijack our nervous system. But to the point we're making about community and who we surround ourselves with, there's this idea of co-regulation, which is literally my nervous system can sense your nervous system right That's now. Right. And so when I'm around someone dysregulated, what really what it's doing, what is dysregulation? It's my mind and body have sensed a threat. And so I get dysregulated and I go into a stress response to try and protect myself. Now in modern day life, we're getting dysregulated over things that aren't necessarily quote unquote threats. However, if I'm sitting next to someone who's dysregulated, my system is receiving danger signals That's from right. that person. And so it's very hard for my system not to get dysregulated That's as well. That's true. That's why when the DNA retained its conformity of the interaction and then when it was exposed to negative things it affected it directly mm -hmm. so people always say you know oh my gut feeling is that person is just not something's off mm -hmm. so you're right you're feeling like you said the energetic aspect of their cells yeah and it's dysregulating you for whatever reason mm -hmm. okay 
and you got to pay attention to that but then you also have to kind of go okay what do i need to do to get regulated and get my parasympathetic right. mode more in charge as opposed to my sympathetic mode right it's twofold first it's what is what is the dysregulation within me that i might be spreading outward that i need to work on but then am i surrounding myself with others who are dysregulated who are not in a good place and and that can get nuanced because of course i think not all of us have a ton of autonomy over that maybe my coworkers are really anxious and dysregulated and so it's twofold one are you know are there people chronically in my life that i maybe need to step back from in some way and or if there are people in my life who are dysregulated that are causing turbulence within me and that i can't get away from necessarily right I need to make sure when I get home, I am clearing that out. That's true. I am reestablishing safety and calm and regulation within me on a daily basis. That's true. And one thing before we wrap up, though, I think we, we, I know you've read about this, and that's called ACEs. Oh, yes, the ACE scores? Yes. Yes. The adverse childhood mm -hmm. experience. And a lot of people go, you know, no, my life is really, really good. And I'm like, well, do you remember what happened to you when you were one and two? No one remembers mm -hmm. what they happened at one and two. But the latest science shows that from in utero to seven, any kind of trauma you carry mm -hmm. and forever. Mm -hmm. And there's a famous book called Your Body Keeps Score. And so people always think, oh, I'm okay. They think they're okay. Mm -hmm. But when they do evox, they're always like, oh my goodness, that is the most revelatory thing I've ever done in my life. Yes, <laughs> it really is. And these the were the epiphanies. people. And these were the people that told me, "Oh no, I don't need that." Yeah. <laughs> and I always tell people, "No, I just want you to do it one time, and then you can mm -hmm. tell me it didn't serve a purpose." Mm -hmm. Right. And then people realize. All people, everybody realizes how incredibly healing the evox is. Yeah. And to that point, I think this is a great place to close. Oftentimes, I'll have people reach out, especially when they hear a little bit more of my story and how. Mm -hmm. this my early childhood trauma surface that had right. been absolutely repressed Silent. and they're like i don't want something to jump out at me i don't want to you know that sounds scary and what i have found in my own journey but also in working with clients is this isn't about forcing it it's not about beating right. ourselves over the head until some deep trauma comes out it's about creating oftentimes we start by working through some of the smaller things and creating a sense of safety and a sense of trust with me, myself, and I, and then a sense of safety and trust with the other individuals in my life. And what I have found is when we do that, if there is something more deep-seated that needs to surface, it will, but it won't be so destabilizing because of the work that we've done leading up to it. Mm -hmm. And I really do believe the subconscious, number one, is only ever trying to protect us. Right. And number two, it will only reveal things to us when it knows we're ready for it. And I absolutely know that was the case for me. I think because of all the work I had done with Evox leading up to it, my brain was like, you know what? We're stable enough now inside. We're safe enough now that I can bring this up and I know it's not going to crush you. Mm -hmm. And it didn't. It was heavy right. <laughs> and it was it was horrible and it was hard. Mm -hmm. But in all of that, I knew this is a hard moment. This is a painful moment. It's not a painful life. Right. This is a sad moment in a beautiful yes. life. Yes, exactly. And that's what it is, is we have to recalibrate. It's just like an athlete, though. 
Yeah. Athlete goes through lots of pain before they really get good. Okay. So they've gone through lots and lots and lots of hardship and injuries and God knows what before they become this Olympic athlete. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same thing with emotional work. It's, it's, it's actually just so, I would just say so relieving. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Every client who leaves says, I feel so much lighter. Yes. I feel so calm inside. And this is something I really do think is so unique to Evox because talk therapy, it's wonderful. I absolutely think it has a place. It can save lives. I agree. But when we're talking about trauma specifically, it causes that dysregulation. And then parts of our brain shut down. I don't think as clearly. My cognition isn't functioning the same. I get dysregulated. And I can tell you, I've had my own experience of walking out of a therapy session and you feel awful. (laughs) You're like, oh my gosh, what is going on? But with Evox, I really do think the biofeedback and the frequency aspect of it is so soothing and regulating for the nervous system Mm -hmm. that, you know, 19 out of 20 clients I'll see will walk out of there going, whoa, I talked about a heavy topic and I don't feel dysregulated. I feel so calm. I feel so at peace. I feel so much lighter. So I just think that's that's an important piece of it is it's uncomfortable and there can be heavy moments, but I do think there is something so unique and impactful about Evox therapy just as a modality for emotional mental wellness. Right. Well, I think what I tell people, I did therapy before and I've recommended patients to get therapy, but it, it was too long. Mm. And I yes, it takes so long. It takes so long. Whereas Evox, you get better right away, Mm -hmm. and in a shorter period of time. And when you have cancer, you don't want to take forever Mm -hmm. to get well emotionally. You want to get better today, Mm -hmm. and that is the beauty and magic of Evox. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. I know we could go on for three hours, but I'm just so grateful. You are such a light. You talking about co-regulation? I think you spread so much joy and peace and love and it really is something that i think we all can somatically feel (laughs) viscerally emotionally feel from you you. so i'm just so so grateful to have you in my life to have you on the show today well i'm just glad that you were part of my journey because you know we are constantly learning and you were very young when you came to see me and you always like wait i want to understand why did this happen Mm -hmm. because at 20 five-year-olds shouldn't have to be diagnosed with breast cancer, Mm -hmm. right? And so, um, but there's always a silver lining. And I always think, I always say things all work out for a higher good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in peace, love, enjoy (laughs) the end. I love you. I love you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome.